What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host. Today we have a special guest with us, Dan McLean. Good to be here, man. What's up, Dan? Thanks for having me. So I caught Dan while he's in town. Um, Dan, actually, where are you living right now? Uh, with some friends about a block away from here. Well, actually, where do you live? <laughs> oh, where I live? Yeah. I live I live in Colorado, Montrose, Colorado. Okay. What part of Colorado is that in? That's southwest Colorado. How long have you been there? Uh, we've lived in Montrose now for a little over two years. Before that, Colorado Springs for a couple of years. And then before that, we were here. In College Station? In College Station, yeah. Okay. So that's why he's back. Like Something was established here about 60 years ago. You started... Uh, you became a race director. Right. right. So, yeah, six years ago, I started working for BCS Marathon as a race director for the BCS Marathon and the series of races that we do, depending on, uh, you know, pre-COVID stuff, we would have five or six races a year. Um, now we're having three to four races a year. It might grow from there next year. But, yeah, I started with them six years ago. Um, before three that. Three to four? Three to four. Three to four? Races. Yeah. So What's the fourth? Um, the fourth was the Firecracker 5K. Oh, right? okay. Sorry. So, yeah. So, what are the races? Firecracker 5K, um, the October Fe- BCS Oktoberfest Half Marathon and 10K, which is this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have the Turkey Trot 5K and BCS Marathon Half Marathon. You said there used to be more? Or... Yeah, we usually we used to have a, a couple more. Um, we had a girls, girls just want to have fun 5K oh, okay. in the springtime. Yeah. Um, and then we had a trail race for a couple of years as well but we just kind of kind of got to where our three big races are, are, are our fall races so mm-hmm. um you know the Oktoberfest, the turkey trot and the, the marathon obviously being the big race okay and so that's why you're back in town and that's what's brought you back it brings you back a few times a year right so i come back you know three four five times a year depending on how many races we have and um i'm very fortunate to be able to work from home um, you know, I work work from home ninety percent of the time anyway, and then I can just travel to get here for when I, you know, when I have the races. And the wife and I, about six years ago, five years ago, I guess, decided that you know we've always known we want to live in Colorado, we want to retire in Colorado, and you know you get to that point where don't waste time, let's just do it. Mm. And so we decided to move. Um, she's a she's a coda, so she's a occupational therapy assistant and she can get a job just about anywhere and yeah. I said I'd like to move and she said well, let me see if I can find a job about three days later she said we got to sell the house <laughs> and that was Colorado Springs and that was Colorado Springs yeah and so we you know we just took off and, and Chris Field who you've had on before my boss was um, you know kind enough to say hey I don't care where you work from yeah. you know as long as you can get the job done and be here when you need to be here and so it's worked out great man that sounds pretty simple yeah. It's, and so that's really cool that you just, I mean, you, a lot of people I think may regret things that like they, they want to do something like that, but then years later they're like, we still haven't moved to that yeah, place where and, we want to move. And I think but that you did was, it. that, and, and that's why, I mean, it's, you know, we, why waste that time if you can, if you can go ahead and do it? Yeah, we're still working. We want to retire there. We're going to retire there. We're already there, right? But we found our forever home. We've got a great place. We've got 15 acres, log cabin. You know, sitting at about seven thousand feet up in the mountains, it's it's fantastic, and we're we're there for the duration. But we're just fortunate enough to be able to do it before we had intended on doing it. Just one of those things we talked about one day and said, "Yeah, let's just try it." Well, there, there's some things I want to talk to you about that that you're you're involved in a lot of different things. I am. I have my hands in a lot. <laughs> we started out with you know you being a race director, so we'll kind of go there first. Yeah. Um, and the one question I had was. First of all, how did you even get into it? 
but also like what do you what what brings you back every time I mean you're still doing this for six years that's I mean it's not easy to be a race director from what I've heard it's not uh, <laughs> it's not we were just talking about a little bit of that uh, yeah the large scale event, event planning thing is definitely a stressful uh, stress, stressful occupation but I got into it so um, you know Mike Nugent from Brazos Running Company mm-hmm. so Mike and I were business partners I opened Brazos Running Company with Mike in 2012 um, did that for three years and realized um, that I'm not a I'm not a retail guy. You know, um, retail's great, and I respect and love everybody that does it. It just wasn't something that I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed. I love the people, and I love um, you know interacting with the people and that kind of stuff. But just some of the other side of the retail. Uh, part of it where you know I'm I love being nice to people but when not when they deserve don't deserve it (laughs) type thing (laughs) Um, so decided to get out of that and you know fortunately he bought me out my half out and um, I was kind of just trying to figure out what I was going to do from there hadn't really thought about it a whole lot and um, Chris actually came to me and said hey um, what are your thoughts on you know becoming the race director for us was he doing it before that uh, there'd been a couple of race directors, but I think he had a more hands-on uh, approach at that time and wanted to be able to just have somebody that could kind of treat it as their own business and not have to worry about it. And mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, let's, you know, let's give it a shot. And I, I did took the job and it's funny because we were planning a vacation. We we're going to Colorado for a vacation when he asked me to do this, you know, and I said, let me think about it. I'm going on vacation to Colorado. Well, we got back from Colorado. I started the job, and it wasn't six months later. We decided we loved it so much, you know, like that we wanted to move. Hmm. And so that quickly, I turned it around on him and said, "Hey, man, you know, I hate to do this to you, but we're going to move to Colorado." And then that whole conversation started about continually, you know, continuing to do it um, from Colorado and being able to travel here. So, so that's worked out great. And why I guess why I keep doing it, man, you know, there's a there's a great joy in watching people accomplish something that they never thought they'd be able to accomplish. I totally get that. And I for see me, that all the time in the clinic. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Like it's super stress, especially the week of the race. So right now, you know, getting ready for Sunday's race, I'm stressed, trying to get all this stuff together, and it's stressful for me up until the point that first person crosses the finish line, and then it gets to be fun because then I know that they. That they've made it through the course, everything's okay out there, and now all these people are going to start coming in, and it's fantastic. I mean, it's emotional for me. I get I get emotional standing at the finish line and high fiving people and hugging people, and and especially during marathons, seeing people that finish a marathon for the first time ever, you know, and never thought that they would be able to do that, and just to see their emotion and their joy when they come across, and you know, being able to put on a great race that a lot of people want to come do. It's 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 definitely worthwhile. Stressful. Yeah, for sure. There are times when I want to pull my hair out, but uh, that's with anything, I think. Yeah. So it's, it's not for the money you do; it's for the joy. Definitely, definitely <laughs> not for the money. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely for. And I love putting on events. I mean, I I I have a long background that goes way back from in promotions and marketing and stuff and large scale event planning a long time ago, and just kind of brought that back out in me and the you know the marketing and promotions and stuff I like doing that so mm-hmm. it's been fun I love it and do all the races that you do here do they all have their different kind of flavor like different things that you like about it and 
Like yeah, they're, they're I definitely mean, different sizes. For sure. So the 5Ks are fun. Both of our 5Ks are basically family fun runs, and that's a lot of fun because you see people out there pushing their strollers and running with their dogs, and it's just a big family atmosphere. Um, you know, those typically aren't chip timed, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah, those those two are not chip timed. We used to chip time the turkey trot, and then. We got it got a little too competitive out there and kind of changed the vibe, changed the feel mm-hmm. of what we wanted. So yeah. I cut the, cut the timing out and just kind of wanted to keep it as a, a family fun. And turkey trot's great because we have for over fifteen hundred people every year yeah. for a five k, you know, and they come out and we do apple pie and pecan pie and beer and stuff like that, you know, just kind of happening this year. Yep. All right. It is, yeah. Thanksgiving morning, awesome for sure. And then Oktoberfest is great because it's an Oktoberfest theme. It's our like party race. So you know, the start starts on Cowfield Plaza, finishes inside Cowfield, which is really cool. Um, but the post race party is is what's epic at this at, at this race. It's it's uh, definitely more on the mature adult side of the you know the post race parties. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a family family atmosphere. Um, cause of, you know, we're serving beer and everybody's having fun. We're dancing and playing music and, and, you know, it's a good time. And then you move into the marathon and you get real serious. You know, it's for the most part, the majority of those people are, have trained really hard for the half or the full. It's a BQ race. So it's a Boston qualifier. Um, so people have, you know, put in a lot of time training to try to, qualify for Boston mm-hmm. um, or get a PR because it's a PR course it's a pretty flat fast course for the most part um, so that one gets a little more serious and that's also you know it's fun fun to watch so yeah they all kind of have their own little distinct personality personalities yeah. yeah they definitely all have a little different flavor I like that with the Oktoberfest party but then you got the family friendly and right. then the, the yeah, a little bit for everybody yeah and I'm sure you get all kinds of different runners out there too we do, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, we still have. It's funny because we have a group of that I can own. There's five or six guys and girls that I can count on one hand. I mean, every time, every race, it doesn't matter what race it is, they're going to be there and they're going to be running hard and fast. And for, you know, I'm going to see them in the top five or whatever. You know, it's just even if it's not chip time, they're going to even it's not sure chip time a little bit further. Make sure you get that. Yeah, I'm exactly. Seeing, I'm yeah, if it's that. three point, yeah, if it's three point oh one five, they're on gonna, his watch. Yeah. They're gonna, yeah, absolutely. You didn't measure that right. Uh-huh. You did on my like, watch. Hey man, it's it's a fun run. It's okay. But everyone's gonna see the results. Right. On Strava. Yeah, exactly. You cut a turn. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, that's really cool with all that. I mean, with the races. I mean, I think it's something that is kind of unique to this community. I mean, for kind of a smaller community, Brian College Station is not right. huge. Um, but you attract people from all over. I mean, it hasn't the BCS Marathon become like the biggest marathon in Texas? It's the number one rated marathon in the state of Texas. Number one rated. So what by it, what goes into a rating. So that means it's it's from the runners. So okay. um, there's a a company out there that that rates races via personal feedback from runners. So it's called MarathonGuide.com, and. There's a survey, put out a survey, a bunch of, they ask a bunch of different questions about the race and they're all the same for every race. And um, our, we have the, we have the number one um, response rate from any race, I think, I want to say any race in the country, I could be wrong. Um, It it was at one time. And we have um, the number one rating in the state of Texas for any marathon in the state of Texas. Well, I mean, that has a lot to do with getting people to respond. 
Like, how did you get people to uh, I think because we put on a good event. I yeah. mean, honestly, it's just everybody leaves feeling great. I mean, we, we have literally, we don't get any complaints. I mean, it's just a, uh, it's a good race. We put, we, you know, we strive to put on a fun, but serious race that is, um, that, you know, you can count on traffic control being right. You can have, you know, count on a lot of good crowd support out there. The police are always involved. The city of college station is vested in it and they, you know, they, they support us. Um, and you, they, people just go out and, and have a good time. You come back and the post-race party is, is fantastic. I mean, we have five or six different restaurants that, you know, provide food for the runners when they're done. They get chocolate milk, like their Gatorade, their water, the beer, margarita machines. I mean, it's a, it's a, and the swag. I mean, a finisher's jacket and a medal. Plus you get a participant shirt when you pick up your packet. So a lot of good things, but I think mostly it's, it's just the quality of the event itself and people leave happy. And so when you send that email saying, Hey, would you mind, you know, taking this quick survey for us? They do, you know, a lot of them do. And I think it just goes back to the, the event being really good. That, that one wasn't the original race that y'all have done here, was it? Was it the Turkey Trot? Turkey Trot was the first one. Okay. So technically... But then, yeah, because Chris said that, I mean, once he did that, he's like, hey, I think we could do it. Yeah, we have a here. running community. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> let's, let's do the marathon. And then he jumped right into a marathon and turned it around real fast and, and had a marathon the next year. But yeah, it's so Turkey Trot... So that's Trot, coming up on a big year. For the marathon. Marathon is technical. Well, con- yeah. I mean... Uh, <laughs> it's year 10 of the running of the race. Yeah. Exactly. Last year would have been year 10 officially, um, but we didn't run last year, so it is, and we didn't do virtual or anything, so it is still technically uh, the 10th running of the race. So, yeah, year 10. So you're all going to treat it like it's year 10? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the swag and all that stuff is, is year 10, and yeah, it'll be fun. We'll have... Have a couple of tricks up our sleeve that'll people will have a good time. Yeah, definitely not Sam here. So no, <laughs> absolutely not. We we like surprises though. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, um, I'm actually planning on trying to do the half even after you know recovering from the surgery in, in April. But we'll see. I mean, I I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss that yeah. ten year. What do you have like? Uh, well, we're right now we're at what eight weeks away. That's all right. I'll be all right. <laughs> struggle through <laughs> struggle through oh we can i mean we can run walk it my wife wants to do it she's never done a half so she's training nice. for it so i think i can i can hang with her and her sister they're gonna do it so yeah it'll be fun looking forward to it especially year 10 big year um so there's other stuff you're involved in i mean i think you know obviously the running community and you're well known around here um in a good way uh, oh good from everything <laughs> else but um i mean there's all there's all kinds of other things that you like to do i mean you've got some stuff you've well let's talk about running america so okay why don't you just tell us what that is uh, sure i don't know what it is so running america um it's it's kind of like we talked about just before we got on here it's it's in a little bit of a hiatus right now because of the whole covid thing just like a lot of stuff but um my wife and i plan on picking it back up here shortly um, so Running America started out as her idea. My wife's name is Janine. She had an idea to to come up, to, to kind of create a, a TV show, quote unquote, where we were running America. So we were going to big races all over the country and filming that and not only just filming us running the races, but, you know, getting involved in what, what goes on in the town or the city, like so going to a really cool restaurant, um, doing some fun 
you know, activity that's there locally, whether it's, you know, hiking or hot air ballooning or whatever, you know, just kind of make it like a travel channel version of yeah. we're going for a run. We're going to go run a marathon or a half marathon. How are you filming it? On a phone? So no, <laughs> so we have so it's a, we have a YouTube channel now. It doesn't have anything current since it's been since 2019 was our last race that we actually uh, I actually put a video out. Um, but we both film and do stuff. But the fun thing about this, what's oh, really you got cool, your degree in broadcasting, didn't you? Well, so I'm, I'm radio TV film. Okay, yeah. so All right. it makes sense. But in her too, she's a she's a she's actually I, I didn't finish school, so I can't actually right. say I got my degree in that. She did. Um, same thing, radio, TV, film, communications. Um, but what's really cool about this is she pitched this idea. So we we actually um, hired a production crew, a really fair, fairly well-known production crew out of Denver. Um, and they went with us to the Colorado Marathon, which is in Fort Collins. It's a beautiful marathon. It's a point-to-point. And we did... Um, we filmed basically, and I am coming to die because I can't remember what the name of it is. But it's it's something you you film. It's a piece that you film to pitch it to to TV stations, basically stations. And so we had a pro- professional production crew come out and sizzle reel. It's called the sizzle reel. Okay. Come out and film us, you know, eating at a restaurant, going to a brewery, doing a bike ride, running the race, the whole nine yards. And it came out. I mean, it's fantastic. It's like. It's, it's epic. I mean, even if, you know, if nothing were to ever happen with this, we have that, and it's really, really cool. And it's on your YouTube channel, so it's there forever. Yeah, and it is, exactly. And and we got done with that, and they did pitch it. They pitched it to the Travel Channel. They pitched it They pitched it to about nine or ten different channels, um, and it didn't get picked up, unfortunately. But it was just kind of a dream that she had to, to do this. And so we decided, even though it didn't get picked up, we're going to – you know, continue to just kind of do it on our own on YouTube and just make it into a hobby. So we kind of mess around with that. And, so and when you do that, do you hire a crew when you go? No, huh? we, we self-film everything. Okay. Yeah, so we, we film and record and, you know, just we're basically, at that point, we're vloggers, I guess, yeah. for the most part. Does anybody do it with you or is it usually just you? And just the two of us. Janine, you said? Yep. And so y'all are basically filming each other, like one... One of you's on there, another one's on there. Yeah. Is it all yeah. you or all her? No, it's both. We, we we take turns doing it. We like like I like to interview the race director, you know, to talk about the race beforehand. And if there's a uh, a charity involved in any way, shape, or form that they donate money to, or if they're a nonprofit or whatever, we like to you know interview them, talk to them about about that, so that word can get out too. Um, you know, it's fun. I mean, I wouldn't say they're professional quality by any means, but they're, they're a lot better than some of the stuff out there. Yeah, and you've, <laughs> you've got video equipment, I'm assuming, like something with a mic on it and real Right, nice. yeah, we've got, we've got a, a couple of different mic setups. We've got live, live mics, and we've got shotgun mics, and a couple of different cameras, three or four different cameras, and yeah, we can make it. Yeah, so you don't have to have a film crew, and kind of, so like on a budget, I mean, you can basically anybody could go out there and do this yeah and absolutely did it. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's are fun though. are y'all planning on picking it back up we are and hope, hopefully 2022 we'll, we'll be able to I have so many irons in the fire right now like you, yeah. we're going to talk about some other stuff but yeah I, uh, I think that that's something she really really wants to continue doing um, so and I like it so we'll, we'll get back after it you know I'm, I've I've got a bum knee we talked about this before so it's, it's limited my running a lot in the last probably 18 months 
Um, so I don't know how much running, if we do any dis, you know, longer races, I'll do a lot of filming. She'll do a lot of running. If we do short runs, then I'll, I can do that stuff. But yeah, we'll pick it back up. It'll be fun. And what, uh, we'll put this on our, on the, the information page about this. Is, is it just called Running America? Mm-hmm. The YouTube yeah. channel? Yep. YouTube channel is Running America. It's runningamericatv.com. Okay. For the website. Yeah. And I mean that's that's free, right? I mean I have a YouTube channel for College Station PT. We don't pay anything for that. Yeah, no, it doesn't cost anything. As a matter of fact, we had actually got to the point where we were getting monetized a little bit. I mean, like a little bit. I think we got like a twenty-seven cent check one time or deposit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, twenty-seven cent check! What a waste. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I have we have fun with it. So I'm looking forward to getting back running. I know she wants to do it, so. We'll have fun with that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's something you could also, I mean, if y'all get back into it and really like it, you could take it, you know, spend more time on it if you take time away from something else. <laughs> right, yeah. And, yeah, if we can, that'll be like a, a, a retirement gig. You have to both be able to still run. Yeah. Well, or maybe start biking or something. <laughs> yeah, biking America, cycling America. You know, there's a oh, lot you can do yeah. with that. <laughs> Just saying. Um, well, you may be on the bike with the with the camera, <laughs> right? Uh, that'd be bad, man. That could be bad. <laughs> um, so, I do want to talk about you as an athlete too, because I think you're, from what I understand, you're pretty accomplished. I know you're an Ironman. I appreciate that. Um, I don't feel I don't feel very accomplished right now because I'm out of shape and the bum knee and everything. Yeah, but yeah, I did a bunch of stuff for several years. Yeah, well, I do want to know about that, just so our listeners can hear that. Because one thing I like to do is like. I mean, listeners on here may want to try new things or may want to get inspired in doing something right. that they haven't tried before or something they're doing and they want to get better at it. Um, so I do want to hear a little bit about that. But also, or why don't we talk about that now? So okay. um, was it 2016 that you did Ironman? 2018. 18. It was at Boulder? I did Boulder Ironman okay. in 2018. But it was, previous, my, was my first full Ironman. Previous to that, like... You, you didn't go straight into triathlon, or were you running first, or cycling, or what? Started running first. Um, so we got a couple of our, well, I guess one one of our friends, um, actually somebody that I'm staying with just down the block, um, got the wife and I into, into running uh, in 2009-ish, 2008-2009, somewhere around there. Um, she, just, she was just running pretty much everything. Uh, at the time, we lived on in Conroe, and they lived here, and we we were coming for games and stuff like that. And she was always running and running, running any of the races here, and um, you know, so we just kind of got into it, followed her into it. It's a great way to, you know, get in shape, stay in shape, um, you know, good cardio, and started running and really got into it. And our first race was the 2009 Cap 10K in Austin. Janine and I both ran that with Becky, our friend, uh, and her husband Travis. And and then it just kind of blossomed from there. We just really got into it. We ran the, the inaugural BCS half marathon, marathon half marathon, which was in 2011. Um, and then just, yeah, just started running. And Janine's ran more races than I have because I've directed a lot of the ones she's raced raced in. But we've, I mean, I don't know how many halves she's raced or, or we've, we've done. I've done a, a bunch of halves. Um, we've, I've done five fulls. Uh, BCS a couple times, Houston, New Orleans, and Colorado Marathon. Um, the and one then in Fort Collins. The one in Fort Collins. What, yeah. what was your favorite of the five marathons? I'm partial to BCS. Um, I think that's just because I lived here and now I direct it. But um, 
There's good ones out there, man. I, I'll have to say the Colorado Marathon. I mean, it, just for the, the sheer beauty of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, the scenery. <laughs> yeah, the scenery is amazing. Is it, it's point to point. Is it downhill? It's, it is downhill. Okay. Which is a, which is brutal, by the way. Yeah, if, that's if, worse. Yeah, people, you don't really necessarily want to run an all downhill race. It, it's it's killing. And people, for some reason, keep going back to Pikes Peak. Yeah, it's so hard. On, it's so hard on the on the quads coming downhill. But it is. It was beautiful. It's it's it runs down a canyon next to the river. Um, it starts up high and then ends up in in downtown Fort Collins. And it was it was beautiful. It was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's probably my favorite. And then I've done. I got into tries shortly after that. Um, Did you ever do any trail running or ultra running? No ultra stuff. Um, I've I've done. I think probably the longest I've done is a, is thirty k. No, that, that's not right. On a trail. Yeah, probably thirty k, something like that. Yeah, I've never done anything. Like eighteen, twenty miles. Yeah, like that. yeah, never done anything anything longer than that. Done some. We've done some trail races, trail runs, but um, more well, we partial. We got you into triathlon. A friend of mine, a, a different friend of mine, was was doing some, um, and he happened to bring his bike to work one day. This was back in like 2010. It was actually an employee of mine, and um, I just thought the bike was cool. I'm like, man, this is cool. You know, started talking about tries, and he'd done a couple halves and you know half Ironmans, and and so about six months later, Janine and I did a a duathlon, uh, do the polar. It's in Katy. Was think, it a run bike run or just bike run? Uh, run bike run. Okay. And I think they still do it actually. Uh, do the polar, do the polar bear or something like that, Katie. It's in like January or February. That was fun. We had a blast. It was cold, but I had a great time doing that, and that kind of sparked my interest. And so I suffered through the training myself to swim, teaching myself how to. You know, I mean, I could swim, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and started doing halfway decent in that, and thought, okay, you know, give it a go. So I did. My first first actual real try was the bucket list triathlon here um, that yeah, I've heard about Race that. Texas used to do. It was a, a long it's time basically ago. a super sprint, right? Like it's pretty right. short. Yeah, super yeah, super sprint. It was like a 200, 200 swim, a twelve mile bike, and a five k. I think something yeah. like that. So and I placed second in my age group. Oh, nice. I think there was like eight people, but doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, top three, <laughs> right? Um, so that kind of got me going. You know, when you do well, like if you if you ever place in something, you're like, hey, maybe I can do this. So that got me going, and we started doing sprints and did a couple of um, Olympics and then a couple of halves and then. So you built your way up. Built my way up, yeah, and decided I needed to get. I wanted to do a, a full before I turned fifty. Uh, I turned 50 in 2019, so... Got it done. I got it done, yeah. And that was the... Was that the year that a lot of people didn't finish? Yeah, that was the... It was the, so hot. Like 1,500 so or 1,000 or something like that. Yeah, it was a bunch of people that just... The attrition... Not, maybe not that many. Attrition but. rate was crazy. It was... Like, what was it? You're going to call me a liar now. I'm not... I can't remember. But it was the highest... I think we've talked about At the that. time, it was the highest attrition rate in a in an Ironman event. Or in, our full, in a full Ironman um, ever. And it well, was, are you talking like thirty percent? I think it was like twenty four percent or something like that. Again, you're going to twenty seven, maybe. I, I've heard these numbers because Coeur d'Alene this summer beat it. I think by like three percent. Yeah, I think it was twenty seven. It was twenty seven, so it was maybe. probably twenty four Boulder. I don't know, but it was all I know is people were dropping out like flies on the bike, man. And it 
Yeah, yeah we talked. <laughs> we we talked about this. It it literally almost killed me. This race, like, uh, yeah. How, I mean, how did you finish that thing? I mean, was it just determination? It was. Just, it was determination, and you know, I had a good, I got, had a good hydration and a good, you know, meal plan going through it. Um, but the hydration plan, even though I upped it because of the heat, I just didn't up it enough and got really, really, really dehydrated. Didn't they run out of water? On the, in the aid stations? Oh, they ran right. out of water at a couple of the bike aid stations um, towards the end of the race. But, you know, I don't think that's really, I mean, that really didn't hurt me. I think it was just the heat and, and it was just, it was just hot and it was tough. I mean, and, and it's a two loop course on the bike and the elevation gain is in, incredible. It's like three, 4,000 feet each time. I think it's like 3,600 feet, something like that Both on each, times. on each loop. So, so you do Yeah. And so once you get done. Feet. So once you get done with the first lap, it's like, I got to do this again. Same thing in Coeur d'Alene. Like, I don't yeah. Because you, you loop right by the fin- the T. Yeah, you T2. get pretty close. You can hear everything going, and then it's like you go, and you got to do it again, and it's it's a beat down. And then I just got, I just fried myself so much on the on the bike. I wanted to have a good bike, so I, and I went out and I rode pretty much like I wanted to ride, Um I stopped a couple of times where I wouldn't have planned on stopping just because of the heat and the dehydration and stuff. But but then when I got through T2, I was toast. Like I was, uh, you know, going out to run. I mean, I, I I don't think I ran a total of four or five miles that whole 26 miles. I mean, it was all like a, a walking as much as I could, as fast as I could, because because I was getting down to, I mean, I barely, fin- I mean, finished in 1652 or something like that. That's eight minutes ahead of the cutoff. Exactly. <laughs> so, and it was, and I had to make myself do it to get it done. It was like, yeah, and then, yeah, I got got finished and felt fine when I finished. Went across the line, finish line, took the pictures and stuff. Wife said, "Let's go. We got some pizza over here for you." I said, "Hang on, just a second. I need to sit down." I sat down. Apparently, I passed out. I laid down, fell over, started puking. My wife, she had to roll me over, so I didn't, you know, choke him. Medics came, put me in the tent, gave me an IV. I was in the in there for hour, a couple of hours. They were trying this to get. This is like at midnight. Yeah, this is <laughs> now we're like two o'clock in the morning, and they're like, well, "We got to shut this down. Your levels aren't coming back up. We need to take you to the hospital." Oh, so, so did you have to go? I spent six hours in the in the hospital. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Was they it worth it? Me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do it again. But it was worth it. <laughs> but it was worth it. I got it, you know, I got it done. Because there was, I mean, you, obviously you picture that scenario, me being that far behind and being that dehydrated, and I could have quit 20 times, you know. And I'm Why so, didn't you? Like, how? I mean, what? Just wasn't going to do it, man. I'm like, this is because I knew I went into this one and done. Yeah. I went into it one and done. I knew from the beginning I'm only going to do one of these. And there was no way that I wasn't going to finish it because I knew I wouldn't do it again, you know, especially after that one. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a very similar story to Ted Boone this summer. That's what I hear. I haven't talked to Ted personally well, about it. Well, listen to the podcast. Yeah. We did one. He did a full race report on it and it is pretty amazing. Like just the details, that he, the things that he was going through and some of the things he encountered, like he almost cramped up two miles when the bike was uh, two miles from when the bike was finished mile one ten, and almost couldn't get back on his bike. Wow. To finish the bike. And then he sat in transition and wanted to quit. So I sat, I, I sat in T2 for a long time. <laughs> this summer, so another friend of mine <laughs> in Coeur d'Alene, he was in transition for like a couple of hours. 
and uh, I didn't, but he wasn't quitting yet. And then he finally did, like three hours in. He's just like, no, I, I don't know, I don't know why he sat there that long. But, right. Yeah. But he he still had time because he he had an okay bike. He still would have been able to make it, I think, with the cutoff. Maybe I don't know if he'd actually run. Right. Yeah, I think um, I was in. I was in transition. Probably close to forty-five minutes. Would be my guess. Was it a shade? It was. It was a tent. Okay. And they actually had misters inside. And that's why I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I got changed and I just sat there. And I know my... So, you know, so Jane you saw me... changed. Yeah, right. she saw me come in. Well, just, just my shirt. My shirt okay. and my shoes and stuff. But she saw me come in. And I'm sure she was like, what the heck? Why is he not coming out? You know, because I was in there for, for a long time. But I... I, I I wouldn't have had to rush as much had I got up and left. But if I would have just got in and got out, I don't know if I would have made it. You know what I mean? That that rest, I think, probably helped me push through. Did you, were you able to refuel some during that time too, or just cool off? Uh, both, yeah, as much as possible. I was getting, you know, getting to that point where I really couldn't ingest a whole lot because I was sick to my stomach. And you still had six hours left. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's about how long it took yeah. you, probably mm-hmm. five or six hours. Oh yeah, it was. Six, I think it was like six oh two or something like that. Yeah, but you finished on the cutoff. That's cool because we. So I've never done a full Ironman, but I've gotten to spectate, and so we were with those people coming at the finish line with eight minutes left, five minutes Isn't it left, awesome? two minutes oh, left. Man. Like we were going back and forth. I was in a boot, but <laughs> I mean, we were walking with them, cheering them on, and they just like, and it was it was actually kind of sad. We saw like the last person who they wanted. They were trying so hard, but they could not run, and. It goes past seventeen, which I don't know. Maybe the chip was different. I don't know exactly, but yeah, it was it was kind of hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, um, that's. But to get under that cutoff is an amazing. Which fun, and that was to me. The, I mean, the the best part of the whole day was was that. I mean, obviously finishing, but because I was one of those last people in the whole crowd, and I had we had a crew there. I think I had eight or ten people, and they were all there cheering and. Like I was just, I was walk. I just walked the last, you know, hundred yards down the carpet and was high fiving everybody, mm-hmm. and every, you know, it was, and and you know, of course, Mike Riley was giving me the best intro and stuff. <laughs> you know, it was great because it was, I don't know, it was just fun, man. It was fantastic. I had that that video clip. Somebody, either my wife or somebody, took a video clip of that last like two minutes of me, or yeah. minute of me coming in, and that's I look at that often because that's it was pretty cool. Is that one of your top racing accomplishments? That by far is yeah. by far. Is I mean, top. how can you top? I mean, it's hard not to. That's to, what I thought. I just wanted yeah. to say it. Like I didn't, I didn't want to put words. In yeah, there. absolutely. I mean, I you know I got to the point running marathons where I was doing pretty good and running around four hours, um, which you know I think is is better than than average than an average. So I was doing feeling pretty good with that um, when I was really in decent shape. But doing that Ironman is definitely a huge accomplishment so what's the plan for like future racing now for you um probably just i won't do much over like a 10k maybe a half as far as running goes i, I would like to still do some some tries but you know sprints maybe an olympic still got your bike and everything still got the bike still yeah. got it all yeah yeah still sitting there ready to be used yeah well we can we can get your knee feeling better don't worry about that oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, after I have a replaced knee replacement. Oh, well, I mean, anything's possible. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right, we'll get back into it for sure. Um, so, what about this other? So, you, one of the reasons you moved to Colorado, I think, is because you love the outdoors, obviously. Right. Um, and some of these other, I, I, mean, I would say you're an entrepreneur for sure. With some of the things you 
yeah you've been doing absolutely. and getting into um, one of them I don't know which what what do you want to talk about you're involved with a couple of different companies I don't know if you're the one that started it or if you're just involved with it so uh, my outdoor so my passion is is hunting is bow hunting okay. um, second to that would be probably fly fishing um, which are obviously two great things if you live in the state of Colorado there's plenty Hence of that this company Hornfly. Right. So, uh, and it's really, it, that one's not necessarily a company. It's just kind of a, it's just kind of a social media page or, you know, it's, it's mostly Instagram. It's, it's just something I threw together so I can kind of keep track of what I'm doing, um, you know, through photos and videos and stuff and share it with other people. Um, it, it has helped me get involved with some outdoor companies to, um, you know, be on pro staffs and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. Um, Native by Carlton, which is an elk calling company um, that's actually local to Montrose where I live. If anybody out there is a, an, knows anything about elk hunting, um, Wayne Carlton is the, the god of elk hunting calls. He's, he invented the elk hunting calls like in the, in the 70s. Um, so that's fun. Um, Ross Reels is a, uh, is I think the largest real manufacturer fly reel manufacturer in the world oh, wow. if they're not it'd be second to orvis probably um so i've done some stuff with them which is fun um you know it's just a bunch of just some social media stuff which is, i have fun with you know a little social media marketing and stuff but i get you know free stuff and discounted stuff and that helps me stay out and do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um i do have a company that i just started in march uh, and it's called Aero Junkie, and that's kind of it's kind of my side gig right now. It's it's I'm very passionate about it um, because I'm such a big bow hunter. Uh, there's you know there's a, there's archery shops all over the place, bow shops, but there's nobody that just concentrates on the arrows. So that's basically what I do. A lot of people when you get into archery, you you make your own arrows or build your own arrows, and um, it's just hard to find all those things in one place. So it's basically an e-commerce site. I do have a small shop at my house too that's, um, you know, by appointment only type thing. And I have a big range where we can shoot and stuff. But I, I sell anything to build your own arrows from bare, bare arrow shafts to aerosols and all the veins and fletching jigs and glues and everything you can think of. And I do custom arrow builds, which is kind of fun okay. too. So you do build arrows for people. I do build arrows for people. It's more giving them the supplies that's that's what i yeah it is it's probably about 70 30 right now that way and i want it to be like 95 5 that way um is it because because it takes a long time time to build arrows yeah (laughs) Yeah. and and it's it's very time it's fun and it's great to build something really cool and you know you can i can sit down with people and talk to them about how what they want how they want their arrow structured and what weights and stuff like that i mean this is totally off of this subject for this podcast but um and and to get something built like that's a lot of fun but it is very 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 time consuming i mean how long does what's the life span of an arrow well it depends um you know if you if you're hitting your target or hitting a target if you're target shooting and it'll last as you know forever i mean if you miss a target and hit rocks or a tree or (laughs) something like that then it's obviously detrimental or if you go hunting and you know you have an issue with an arrow hitting bone or something like that in an animal then you're going to lose an arrow but arrows last arrows last a long time but there's always it's just like anything else there's always newer and better out there so you're 
can you just replace parts of the arrow though? Can't you just replace the tips? And yep, you can replace the broadheads, um, field tips. You can refletch them. Um, so the shafts themselves, that's the that's the expensive part of it. Um, and as long as you don't break shafts, then you're in good shape. Where do you get those shafts? I mean, do you I order have, them or do you make them? No, I order them. They're, I do everything I sell right now is carbon. I'm getting ready to start selling some wood shafts too for traditional archers. But um, I have seven different. Uh, arrow, large arrow manufacturers I buy from and resell. Um, same so that's thing kind of retail. <laughs> it is kind of retail in, in a way. E- it e-commerce, is. but it's it's a little yeah. more customized to the way you want it to be. It's not right, absolutely your yeah. bigger retail like shoe store or whatever. Yeah, and sure. it's I mean it's your house. Right? It is. Yeah, I have a I have a you have a shop to where you I have a shop place to make them and yeah, go out there and and you're shipping out all those supplies. Yeah, we're doing. I do my own fulfillment. Actually, Janine's doing for fulfillment for me while I'm here with some of the orders that are coming in. As long as they're not custom orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is she still working as a coda? Uh huh. She does. Yeah. She's she loves her job, man. She's so she she's, found one in Montrose too. She went. Uh huh. Yeah, immediately. Montrose. Same thing. Like right away. Let's go. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's that's not. I mean, there's not a ton of codas out there, so it's pretty pretty easy to get a job. And she's really really good. She's been doing it for. 17 18 years so the one thing i wanted to ask you uh was you mentioned your knee bothering you but were there any other injuries that you've had to work through like running and triathlon stuff? um i have a i have a couple of bad discs in my back so l4 l5 and s1 how did you hurt that l5 s1 um not real sure i think probably came from the same way I injured my knee the first time and that's football and motocross mm. a lot of talking about football and motocross yeah man. a lot of impact stuff a lot of high impact stuff when I was when I was young so I'm assuming that that's how they got you know they they deteriorated I mean I don't know I I ended up sneezing one day and or lifting the toilet seat or something I can't remember and <laughs> the, you know my back was like done my yeah it's the last straw yeah, yeah that's what that's you what you played football in high school like here in texas or uh i play i so i lived in california for my um, high school years any from the time i was 11 till the time well till 23 when we moved um, okay. but yeah so i played high school football in california i uh, also did some I, I didn't do any like i wasn't a motocross rider by any means but uh some friends and i used to go out a lot and mess around out in the desert in California. Did you do any motocross here in Texas? No, uh -uh, I gave that up. So you stopped riding (laughs) motorcycles because you kept getting hurt? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) It was a little dangerous. That's a fair assessment. A little dangerous. Yeah. It's kind of like bull riding. Yeah, which I would probably not now, but I wanted to do that. Just to do it one time. Just to try to ride a bull? Yeah, my wife wife too, she's crazy too. I mean, I can hook you up. I know somebody that gets you on some practice bulls. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's a deal. I'll come watch. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring. I'll, You'll you be bring, there for therapy. You bring your video. Uh, yeah, yeah. Video camera. Right. Shoot, I wish I would have known that. We did it. We did a running America for uh, for the BCS marathon in 2018. I think uh, that would have been a fun. Go ride a bull. Fun one. Go ride a bull. <laughs> you may before not be the race. The day. <laughs> uh, no, I think you'd probably be. I mean, the likelihood of getting hurt is probably pretty small because you're not going to stay on it very long. 
Well, it's not staying on it that gets you hurt. Getting off of it. It's the coming off. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's it's like it's yeah. That's probably all I'd have them teach me is like, how do I get off of this thing? Right. Like, I don't want to know how to stay on. I'll yeah. try my best to do that. How do I roll off? Yeah. It's yeah. like they say, what is it? It's not the flying through the air that hurts. It's the hitting the ground. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I watch it all the time now that I have a client that, that rides bulls. So ah, it's gotcha. Like in, in the PBR, so I see him on TV all the time. And I'm just, I don't know how, I don't even want to watch necessarily. Like, if since I know him, like, you know, I know I know it's going to hurt <laughs> like when he goes Absolutely. off. Absolutely. And there's nothing you about a 2,000-pound you know, bull coming at you. It's not, they're nuts. They're crazy. Yeah. yeah, I know. So that actually leads into one of the questions I ask everybody that I talk to on okay. the podcast. And this may be the answer. I don't know. I may have brought that answer up unintentionally, but is there like a sport or activity that you haven't tried to this day that you would want to try, like tomorrow? You know, if if you know everything feels good, you're not hurt. Like, just something you wanted to try. Um, I would probably say, and I don't. You know, you, some people call it a sport, some people don't, but it's definitely an activity. I would say racing, car racing. Mm, it's definitely a sport. Like I, I, it's like NASCAR type. Or yeah, I mean like something like that. Dirt, yeah, dirt, dirt track, track. Dirt track would be fun. Yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to kind of do, do dirt track. I, I kind of grew up around it before. As I had said that, you know, about the, by the, about the time I was eleven, I lived in California from eleven on. Um, before that, I was born and raised in Hot Springs, Arkansas. So I lived in Hot Springs, Arkansas for about ten years as a kid. And and one of my uncles was big into dirt track racing, building cars and stuff like that. And that was that was his goal with me is to get me into get me into racing and then you know my parents decided to move and we moved to California so I missed out on that but mm-hmm. I've always I'm an NASCAR fan I love racing I like any kind of racing mm-hmm. um, going fast. For do sure. you have any vehicles that do that? I I, I used to I used to have a '68 Camaro. Oh, um, nice. I, I it's actually in the process of being sold I've got a buddy that wanted it really bad so I've been owner financing it for him so I technically still have the title but he's been paying on it for like five years so I think it'll be <laughs> it'll be his here shortly he's, <laughs> he's, he's been driving it yeah you. yeah I had a, a 68 Camaro it's kind of a show car um, but did yeah. you rebuild that or um, I had had people do it for me yeah okay. um, it's, it's a beauty it was called called Whiplash mm. for a reason yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't get go too crazy with it but I got it Say I got it close to 200 a couple times. I mean, that's something hard to get into because you can't just, like, go out on the street and drive it. I mean, you can, but, you know, not really safely. You need, right. You need a track. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely a particular sport that's hard to get into. Right. And unless you get, like, the timing of the right person in the right place, which yeah. you kind of had that and then you moved, so. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you can you can do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it and find the right people. So who knows? That might be something down the road. But I have so many things going on right now. Yeah, you know, I don't know that I need another hobby. Yeah, but yes, I would love to. I would love to get into racing at least. At least, if nothing else, I want to go do one of the, you know, ride-alongs or the Richard Petty driving school thing where you get to do ten laps around the track or whatever in one of the NASCARs. Or so something they teach like you how that. to do it, and you get out there and do it. Yeah, that would be like, fun. like a weekend thing. Mm-hmm. That you do? Yeah, and we did. I did. As a matter of fact, when was it called Texas World Speedway before they shut down? Other one over here. Yeah, down the road. Um, they used to have track days where you could go out and, and Travis, a buddy that I'm li- or staying with right now, he and I went out and drove, uh, did did a track day. It was a weekend thing where you, you went out for two days. They kind of taught you how to drive. And he had a, a nice little souped-up Honda S2000 that he drove on the track. And then I 
used one of their Miatas or whatever it was oh, yeah. out there and <laughs> just did some little Mazda Miata. Yeah, did some track work. They were they were fast though. It was that was fun. That's that's about the only taste of actual kind of racing that I've had, but it was fun. Yeah, you know that's a neighborhood now. I know. Or yeah. It's becoming one. becoming a neighborhood. Yeah, they're building houses. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy what's going on around here, man. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, it's, it keeps growing probably every time you come back. <laughs> yeah, every time. I mean, even if I'm only gone for a couple months, it's, there's something else. Yeah. It's nuts. Well, um, last question. What's some any advice you'd give somebody that wants to either get into running or even kind of the go to the outdoor adventure type stuff? Like, Sure. How do you get into that? Um, the running side of it, I would say, uh, you know, two things. Uh, and I've been involved with both. So one of them would be uh, your local running store. Find a local running store. Go see them. Preferably before you start running so that you can actually get fit for the right shoes because that can really decide how long you run. I mean, you can get into running and not wear the right shoes and decide to get out of it really quick because of injury or, you know, it's not comfortable. And that's also a good resource for the second thing, which would be your local running club, you know, like BRC here. They're fantastic. And it's a it's a social atmosphere, not just, you know, you're not just going there to run. Good running clubs are, are also you know, social clubs and you go meet people and have fun. And, um, you know, that's the best way to get started in running for sure. And they're going to know either one of those two are going to know all the local races and when they are. And, you know, if you want to start doing that stuff too, I mean, that's a good core group. And both of those things are kind of intertwined. They all know each other anyway. So that's where I would start for that. For the outdoor stuff, if you want to hunt and fish, I mean, I'm interested in this. So I love outdoors, but I just haven't gotten into it. It's really hard to do if you don't know somebody that does it or you weren't raised doing it. And that's a problem that the industry is having right now because numbers are coming down, you know, numbers are going down because there's just not a lot of people that do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I wasn't raised doing it. I I went hunting one time when I was 10, but it's because my cousins did it. Right. And then I moved to Mississippi after I kind of got past that age where didn't well, really my dad matter. didn't do it. It wasn't so, formidable. Years, but like yeah. pretty much everyone else you meet there has a deer camp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. If you know anybody that does it, don't be afraid afraid to ask. Yeah. Because yeah. we all, I mean, you know, sometimes hunters get a bad rap for whatever reason, you know, because they're killing stuff. I mean, you know, but we all want this thing to survive. It's heritage, you know. Well, and I saw it, something, I think you put this on your Facebook years ago or recently about every day is Earth Day. Right. For a, a hunter yeah absolutely we don't we don't celebrate it once mean? a year like, it means we're out there all the time enjoying it yeah you know the the earth is important to us every day because it it gives us what we I mean, that's our roots. strive to do hunters and gatherers i mean yeah like, absolutely yeah, for sure yeah so i would say you know if you know anybody at all don't be afraid to ask them because they're going to say yes and they're going to figure out a way to get you out um we all will because we want this thing to, to continue and look into your to your local i mean there's shooting clubs you know, whether it be shotgun clubs, there's um, archery clubs, there's a lot of different clubs, kind of the same route that you would go with a running club. Those clubs are out there um, in fishing clubs, the same thing for, for those guys too. So, you know, look those up and get some info and show up to the next shoot. You don't have to have a gun or anything. Go see what it's all about first mm-hmm. and just, you know, don't be afraid to talk to somebody and say, hey, I'm interested in doing this. I've never done this before. I wasn't raised doing it my family doesn't do it but it's something i want to do and again i promise 
everybody there is going to you know greet you with open arms and say heck yeah here shoot my gun or shoot my bow or or let's figure out a way to get you involved in this like i said because it's something that we need this is a heritage that we need to continue out there and numbers are going down and it's you know a lot of people don't realize how detrimental it's going to be to just our our state and national parks if the numbers keep going down because that's where all the funding comes from from hunting and fishing licenses people don't get it they don't realize that so we want people to to get into it so yeah just be friendly and and find somebody you know that does it and ask them or or reach out to one of those clubs for sure i'm glad you brought that up i mean that's i think that's really helpful for i mean we hear that all the time about running or crossfit or triathlon right yeah the community is that's usually the best advice you need to get around somebody that's doing it and they're going to do the same thing they're going to welcome you yep with open arms but i think it goes way deeper when you talk about start talking about hunting and fishing yeah absolutely because it's, you're talking about the earth and, you know yeah our land um protecting our and, land and again you know on that on the other side of it as a hunter you do get, I don't want to say you get shamed, but there are a lot of groups out there that absolutely disagree with what you're doing. And when you have somebody that comes up to you and wants to get involved with it, then you want to bring them in. You know, mm-hmm. you really want to help them um, get involved because it's, it's, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are against it for sure. Is that one of the reasons you've been, were drawn to Colorado? Um, I think... Honestly, what drew us to Colorado more so was just the the beauty of Colorado for one. We love it there. Um, but being able to get four seasons in a small town in a small town atmosphere and you know and not have to have um, big city stuff and, and mountains. We love the mountains, but but the outdoors part of it is at least fifty percent of why I'm there for sure. And you can even during the four whole, all four seasons, there's something to do outdoors, right? There's something to do, man. We yeah. I I never thought I'd ever ice fish. Like those guys are crazy. That 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 looks, that's it's a it's a blast, man. Yeah. You sit out. I mean, it's cold. You sit out there and, and drink beer or have a whiskey, smoke a cigar, and watch watch pop. You know, listen to music, talk to your buddies, and <laughs> and catch fish. It's fantastic. I never thought I'd ever do it, but I love it. I mean, it's one of the things I look forward to now every winter. Um, but yeah, spring. You know, spring is is turkey season and the the beginning of fly fishing season. Summer is fly fishing season. Fall is hunting season, and then the end of fall you start. We start rolling into fly fishing again right now, um, and some ice fishing when it gets cold. Uh, there's always something to well, do. Nice not to mention, it. not to mention all the, you know, the hiking and yeah, uh, ATV trails and off road trails and all the trail running and all the great stuff that you can do. That's no, I'm going to call next time I go to Colorado. Absolutely, man. And what's great about Colorado is the public lands. Okay. You know, that's one of the one one of the things that drew me there because it's you, there's so many places to go. I mean, just about anywhere you're going to find public lands where you can just go get out and do whatever you want. Go hike, go camp, do all that fun stuff. Well, this is also an advertisement for Visit Colorado, I guess. Absolutely. I'm a big Colorado <laughs> fan, man. Big Colorado fan, for well, sure. Well, Dan, this has been awesome. Thanks for taking the time to come on. And, yeah, I appreciate and, it. And share all your stories with our listeners. I hope they enjoyed. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.